Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Ask the average sports fan what sport Nashville is known for. They'll probably say football or hockey. I get it. Football is the sport of the South, and allegiance is high despite the fact that the Titans and Commodores struggled in 2023. But a shout-out to TSU for having a winning season. And the Predators have a very loyal fan base no matter what their record is. But what about basketball? The closest NBA team is down in Memphis. But how can fans see pro ball players do their thing without leaving town? The answer? They can check out the Nashville Aces, our city's very own semi-pro team with the American Basketball Association, also known as the ABA. Now, if you think the action in the ABA is not very exciting, you've got another thing coming. All right, now with us today, we have Alan Rogers, player and co-owner of our ABA team, Nashville Aces. Alan, welcome to This Is Nashville. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Now, I saw a video of what we just heard, but can you describe this play for our listeners? Man, this play was undeniable. One of the most exciting plays of our season. Um, It was our home opener. Uh, We had a large crowd and everyone came out and we had one of our Players right here, right next to us right now, and Duncan dunk on the seven-footer from the other team. And I just think it was the most amazing play that we've had so far this he season. dunked on a seven-footer. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, what happens when you see someone make a play like that? What does that do for the energy of the squad? Oh, uh, man, it raises it through the roof. And, and honestly, after that very moment, it just capped off a 20 20- 22 to 5 run. Oh wow. So yeah, we exploded out of that first half and it was it was amazing. I have the question, have you ever dunked on someone like that? Um, not like that, but I have dunked on someone before. Have you ever been dunked on like that? I have been dunked on. <laughs> <laughs> that is a part of the team. So also with us is the man with the hops, Duncan McClure. He's also co-owner of the Nashville Aces. Duncan, thank you for joining us. I got to ask yes, you sir. the same question. Ha- we've, we've seen you posterize someone. We just heard it. But have you ever been posterized like that playing basketball? Oh, how are you going to ask me that for the first question? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had my moments uh, in practices and games. Fortunately, there haven't been a whole lot of cameras. They haven't made it to social media, so yes. nobody's seen them, but they're out there. Okay. Okay. Now, now, tell me a little bit more about your playing career. How long have you been playing basketball? So I took a hiatus for a while. I played all four years of high school, uh, ended up going to state junior and senior year, won a state championship back in Illinois. Um, I was a starting center, uh, and uh, that was just, you know, the cap off a, a really great high school career for me. Um, I was a little undersized. I was about 6'3 at the time, um, but I was playing at the 5, so that didn't translate real well to college. I would have had to, you know, become a guard and would have had to recreate my whole game. Just didn't have the um, have the drive to do it at that time. I, I just went out on top, and I felt like that was going to be where I was going to end it. Um, so I hung up the jersey for a while, hung up the shoes, but life had different plans. Mm-hmm. And then here I am. It's been about 10 years since I played organized basketball but uh, I picked it right back up, and uh, once you know it, I can I can still jump the way I used to in high school. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you dunk it on seven footers. Now you talked about this 
you being a center, 6'3", center, coming out of high school, you had to transition to guard. Explain to our listeners how difficult of, of a transition that is. It's tough. It's it's so there's so much skill that's required in me and guard so much quick quickness. And uh, whenever you are whenever you're growing up and all your scoring is coming, you know, back to the basket and you're, you know, you're fighting for rebounds down low. You know, it's not so much like a graceful thing. It's, it's more like a like a strength power sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I can use that in my in my defense um, and in my rebounding. You know, I'm, I'm a consistently one of the highest rebounders on the on the court, even whenever I'm undersized. Um and, uh, you know, my shooting, just being around a bunch of talented guys who can shoot the ball, who can dribble the ball, you know, that rubs off on you after a while. So I've picked up things here and there that I've never been able to do before. But just being around these guys in practice and in games, um, your, your game starts to evolve with the players that you're around. So, mm. you know, that's that's been a big contribution to my personal game. And we're going to talk about a little inside basketball here. You are you had a post game, meaning your back was to the basket, you were mm-hmm. close to the rim. There's a, sp- a special set of moves that come with being effective in that area known right. as the paint. Being a guard, a lot of guards don't have low post moves, but mm-hmm. you do. Does that give you an advantage when you're playing now against guards who may not be comfortable defending somebody who has prowess in the paint like you do? Right, right. I think the big thing is knowing how to use your strength to your advantage. Um, you know, you can be strong and not know how to use it. And uh, one of the one of the biggest things that I have for me is, is you know my history of just being used to contact uh, whenever you're down around the rim um, and there's you know you got to be strong to be able to wrestle around down there to be able to to be able to fight through contact to be able to get the ball in the rim um, and you know sometimes whenever you uh, whenever you're out on the perimeter you know you're trying to avoid the contact you're trying to get past the contact to be able to get to the get to the rim you're trying to shoot without you know having space in between you and your defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not afraid of the contact, so I'll, you know, I'll invite it and I'll make my way into it. And I think that's still one of the benefits of my game is is I, I'm not I'm not afraid to, to bump bodies with somebody. Yeah. Back when I was in Little League, my basketball coach used to say to us, basketball is the most physical non-contact sport. Absolutely. <laughs> there yeah. it is. Now, Alan, you're a Nashville native. Yes. You played high school ball. Yep. Where'd you play in college? Uh, I played at Boyce University out of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Um, basketball scholarship after I left Nashville. And, um, yeah, just had a great career there. What was that experience like playing ball? Man, playing college was different. So in high school, uh, I was all district, all region, co-MVP and everything like that at Glencliff. But, um, like, going to college and being around guys that was just so much better and I was so much younger, like seniors, Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy. So like when I first got there, we had five seniors. So they literally started every single game. But by the end of the season, we was in the rotation uh, as a freshman. Okay, playing with the seniors and everything else like that. So I think it was a big change, playing with guys that was better, more faster. Uh, the pace is extremely different. So I feel like that was probably the biggest change. What was, what was it like being a student athlete? Because you got practice in the morning, you got classes, and you got practice in the evening. <laughs> man. What was? Well, talk to me about that. So, man, so that, that might be the hardest thing about playing college sports because mm. you have to be up at 5 a.m. for workouts, conditioning, and whatever, and then your next class is at 7 a.m. Mm. And it's just like you're, you're busy the whole entire day, and then right after the day is over, you got practice or individual workouts just depending on your schedule. Yeah. And honestly, it takes a lot of work, a lot of commitment. Yeah. And a lot of sacrificing. Like you can't go out with friends, you can't party. Like like I I didn't used to party or nothing. So I kind of just chilled in the dorm, did my work, 
had a nice girlfriend up there at the time, so I was I was just happy in general. I mean, to ask a college student to be up at 5 a.m., that's quite the ask. I think that might be what chased me away from it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I, look, I was allergic to 8 a.m. classes, so I know how you both yeah. feel. So talk to me, you know, Alan, talk to me about Tennessee basketball. How has that changed over the years? Well, honestly, man, Tennessee kind of got the reputation of being – Selfish, and it's just like not in the sense of just it's bass basketball or anything like that. Just in the sense of just wanting to help each other and seeing the next person grow. So that's kind of the biggest thing that we're trying to do here now. We're trying to change that situation. Like I want to see the next person do as good as even me, and I just feel like if we can just create more energy like that into the world, that it will it will benefit Tennessee in general. Uh, we have some great basketball players here, great pros, and really no one knows about it because of our reputation over the past year. So mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to do now is just change the reputation. Where do you think that comes from? Is it like this, the fierce competitiveness to be recognized as a player? Because, you know, basketball is a unique sport. It's five people on the court at one time, 10 to 12 people, sometimes 15 on a team. It's a team sport, but individual players can be recognized. Do you? Where do you think this selfishness really was born and comes from? Um, honestly, it's, it's dependent on that person's situation. So some guys have different situations, and I feel like basketball or sports in general is based off your situation of where you live at, um, um, your, your at-home situation with parents, and, and if you have a single mom, single dad, um, no parents at all. Mm. Um, homeless, like a lot of things affect your situation in that. So you have to become selfish to try to make your way out. And sometimes that doesn't benefit the team. Sometimes it doesn't benefit you. And other times it does. But, I mean, it's it's other ways of doing it. But I've, I know that that's the bigger part mm-hmm. of the situation. It's, it's, and I've, it's I, I know I'm probably a little biased, but, you know, whenever I look at the game of basketball, I see I see just like a perfect metaphor for life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a personal belief that you play the way you live. And uh, so the, a reflection of who you are as a person is out there playing on the basketball court. Um, and I feel like uh, basketball is is competitive. There's a lot of ego in basketball. Yeah. It's what it's what, you know, yeah. enables you to be able to get past the person who's trying to keep you from scoring. Um, but, you know, there's there's a, a mindset that comes with like if if my teammate succeeds, I succeed. And it doesn't always have to be about the one person who's who's scoring. You know, I'm not one of the the main scorers on the on the team. I'm not looking to score. We got a couple of guys that are like that. They recognize their role is not a scoring capacity, but they do all the little things. Mm-hmm. And those are the I, I think is is the most valuable players on the team who realize that the scoring is going to happen. It doesn't have to be me. I can do all the little things to make up that still contributes to the win. Is that the philosophy that you all want to have with the Aces? Yes. Uh, be a star in your role. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's the biggest thing that we preach on every every game. Just be a star in your role. And if you kind of know your role, you are doing the best thing for the team mm-hmm. at that exact moment. And I feel like that's why we've been so successful this season. Um, we're 7-0, and undefeated in yeah. the ABA. So, 
I feel like that plays a huge part into what we're doing. But it takes a lot of work to create that culture of getting guys to be willing to sacrifice personally for the success of the whole team. <laughs> work is an understatement for sure. Work is definitely an understatement. <laughs> a lot of fans, a lot of people in town may not know that we have an ABA team. Question for you both. Are the Aces the first ABA team that Nashville's had? No. Um, we we currently had another ABA team called the Music City Jazz. Um, they're currently no longer here no more. Um, and, yeah, we kind of just, after they left, we kind of just embraced it and took in hmm. and wanted to start something. So this is our first season as the Nashville Aces. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the... Uh, administrative things, getting things up off the ground is, has been tough, you know, and also trying to maintain the, the team culture and bringing in the right people and, and doing all the things that's required of making a winning organization. Um, but it's a it's been a great way to start off a season is being undefeated. Yeah. We've had yeah. a lot of great momentum coming our way. Um, we feel like we're doing a lot of the right things. We've been doing community outreaches. We've been uh, partnering with, with different nonprofits and uh, making sure that we're just being out in the community. And we're doing our best to make sure that people know that there's an ABA team in town. What's it like there. for both of you? You are players and owners. So not only do you got to keep yourself in shape, you got to keep up on practice, understand the plays, understand the strategy of how you're going to go about executing that you want to execute in the next game you're also making sure that people get paid that the facilities are rented on time you're handling all the administrative work as well and i'm sure you have day jobs how are you fitting in all of this to your lives um man uh we can piggyback <laughs> off each other for this one uh, we have a group of people that have done an amazing job in helping us get this done uh, I want to give a small shout-out to Wolfcat um, Management. Um, they've been helping us out a lot with with getting things done, rental facilities, insurance, everything that we could possibly need mm -hmm. to help us out with. They're amazing. Miss V, Miss Mary, we're very grateful for everything they've done for us. And we just got a great group of people behind us that's, that's really trying to watch us succeed. And that's really what it takes because we couldn't, we couldn't do it on our own because um, it, it takes up – it's a demanding schedule, um, you know, just traveling, uh, practices, um, the, the three-hour meetings on Mondays to make sure everything's taken care of. Um, Lord. So, you know, it's, it's a lot, and we wouldn't be able to do it without people being willing to invest in us. They see our vision. They see our mission. They see what's, what's possible, and then they're like, I want to I help you with that. And it's those people that have made it possible. Now, you know, the ABA is a pro league that's been a launching point for some notable basketball Hall of Famers. Dr. J., George the Iceman Gervin, Rick Barry are just a few of those names. And obviously we know that the NBA is the highest level of basketball, but the ABA ain't too far behind. No. What can people expect when they see the Aces play? High level basketball. And I feel like that's the difference between us and other teams that are also in the state of Nashville area. Uh, we just bring a different type of game. And it's exciting. Uh, it's next level. It's fast. Um, it's, it's very athletic. fast paced. It's athletic. Y'all running gun type of game? Yeah, for sure. Like, if, if we get the rebound, we're gone. Okay. And, and mm -hmm. if you don't get back, it's going to be a highlight on Getting the other end. On. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's very exciting for us. Uh, and we're competitive. Like, we're dogs. Like, we, we feel like we should win. We, should, we feel like we can compete with any team. Uh, and we really want to bring a championship back to Nashville, Tennessee for a basketball pro. And it would be the first one 
in Nashville, Tennessee. So we're excited about having the opportunity to do that. And are you all playing defense as well? You're not just running up and down the court scoring at will? Because there's some teams who are like, who their philosophy is we'll beat you by outscoring you. Obviously, that's the point of the game. But they eschew any sort of defensive philosophy. Yeah. Are you all playing just as hard on both sides of the floor? I okay. think this this would be a good time to shout out our head coach, Coach Sowell, uh, Coach Anthony, Anthony Sowell. Um, he came on with us uh, about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Um, and he's just done a phenomenal job of getting us all on the same page on a, of a, a defensive philosophy. And that was one of the things that me and L.A. realized, you know, a couple games into the season. It's like, man, we, we're not all on the same page defensively. We have great defenders, but they're all doing their own thing. Mm. How do we get this to work so that we're all we know what each person is going to the decision that they're going to make? Um, and he has done a phenomenal job of, of raising our level to we're working on championship level basketball. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but every single game we see improvements. We we see defensive stops that we weren't capable of a couple weeks ago. We see um, we see guys putting more on the line. We see energy raised up. Um, and I think that's been a lot of his contribution, his high level of basketball knowledge. Um, and then just his his leadership and getting guys to be believe in his vision. So just to uh, piggyback off of what he said, so like our first three games, uh, each team was averaging like 120 points against us. Ooh. But our last three games, we've done helped each team like under 90 or 80. That's so, quite a jump, 40 points. Yeah. So um, and the ABA is a high scoring like it's fast, game. very fast paced. Okay. So um, he's really been on our our top about playing defense mm-hmm. and like. You won't even touch the court if you don't play D. All so right. It's just like, yeah. 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 Sounds play like defense. old school coach right there. Yeah, yeah for is. sure. Where can folks come and see you all play? Yeah, so uh, we're going to be playing this next game. We've been having our home games at uh, Brick Church Middle School up on Brick Church Pike, um, but we're actually thrilled to be able to be moving to Kip Academy. Um, uh, you remember the... On Knights Knights Drive, yeah, I, think nice drive. I think it is. Yeah. Okay, um, we've got one of our one of our players there that uh, was able to arrange for this opportunity, um, and we're just we're really excited to be to be moving to this new venue for this for this weekend. Uh, yeah. We got a home game on Saturday um, against the River City Gamblers. They're a team from St. Louis. We're going to be playing at four o'clock um, on Saturday over at Kip. And then we're going to be going right up on Sunday to the Hoosier State Instigators. They're actually the team that we played against that uh, in our home opener that I got that dunk against. Uh, so you can so we're going to go back up to there on their uh, on their court okay. on Sunday. Okay, so. so what are the crowds like? What's the energy like when you're playing? It's phenomenal. And honestly, that's kind of one of the reasons why we're, we're trying to move on from Big Church. It's just so we can hold the capacity of the crowd and just get more people to come out and mm-hmm. support um, the ABA crowd is so hostile, especially on the road. Like it's like, man, it, it has to be one of the most exciting things about going on the road because you honestly know that it's, it's just you. And like, that's kind of what we tell our guys before every game is us against the world right now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's, I think that's one of the most fun parts about ABA basketball because it's got the, the talent level of college. Um, but it's, but it's semi pro. So, you know, the, the, uh, the official, um, you know, you can have back and forth with the with the crowd. You know, you can kind of talk. Okay. And your coach, yeah. your coach isn't gonna, you know, yeah. 
you're not going to get suspended from the team for you know acting out a little, a little bit. A little John back yeah, and forth. And it's, yeah. it's so much fun to, especially whenever you get a crowd that's like talking back with you. You know, it just it raises the whole energy of the room. Yeah, um, and that, right. that feeds the game for sure. Okay, we got to go to break, but I got to ask this one question, and we're going to keep this radio safe. What's the wildest thing you've heard? And when you've traveled to another crowd, what's the wildest thing they have said to you? Also, you know, the FCC is listening. <laughs> Boy, I don't know. Man, <laughs> the, the wildest. I'm going to have to go down my list. <laughs> they have like jabs about your family and things like that. Oh, oh man. Every, every oh, there's day, nothing every that day is off limits. It is nothing off limits. That, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's trash talk. Yeah. That, you know, that it's, it's part of the game. I, I wonder how much research... Like opposing fans do, do they look up and like, I saw your prom picture, you had like a zit on your head or something. Do they go that far back? There was somebody who was talking to one of our coaching staff um, that that was um, making advances. Oh, um, and so it's it's psychological, yeah. You know, okay. it's whatever whatever you can do to get into the opponent's head. Yeah, um, I've seen somebody show up with a picture of one of our best players, and like, okay. oh my god, yeah, it's just yeah, it's crazy. Hey, look, the mental fortitude of the Nashville Aces is tough because you all are undefeated. Yes. All right, let's go to take a short break. When we come back, we'll have Nashville Aces assistant coach Denise Knowles joining us to talk more about the Aces and what it's like to coach them. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. We've been talking about basketball in Nashville, specifically the Nashville Aces, our very own team with the ABA. Now, for anyone who has ever played sports or simply watched a game, you know that no matter how talented a team is, they still need good coaching to have sustained success. Good coaching can turn a good team into champions and a great player into a superstar. My next guest is an assistant coach for the Nashville Aces, and she joins us now. Coach Denise Knowles, thank you for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you for having me. This is really great. Okay, so let's go back. You're a coach now, Mm -hmm. but did you play basketball growing up? I played every sport that was allowed for me. I would have played football, but my mom was not going for that. No. So, born and raised in the country, played basketball. I think I started basketball at eight years old at the National Guard Armory, uh, played junior high, played my my uh, 10th grade year in high school, mm-hmm. um, and then started doing other things, but never lost the love of sports, softball, volleyball, basketball, football, all of it. Athlete. Athlete. Thanks to my brothers. I have to send a shout out to my two older brothers. Who thought I was their little brother until I became a mother? And they said, oh, she's a girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they were not taking it easy on you yeah, growing up. Yeah, not at all. Not all at right. all. Okay, so who were some of the players, basketball players, that you modeled your game after? You know, the great, the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Uh, okay, That's, I'm glad someone else agrees. Oh, my God, yes, the GOAT forever. Mm-hmm. I wish I had six rings on <laughs> Um, Love Michael Jordan. But... um. I loved the Michigan Fab Five, Chris Weber, all those guys. Um, actually, my oldest son's name is Jalen Jawan. Okay, Jalen Jawan. Jalen Rose Jawan. Jawan Howard. Howard. Um, so um, for a while, I really didn't have a favorite basketball team. It was players. Love Kevin Garnett. Um, loved Larry Bird's skill. 
mm-hmm. on the three-point line, but everybody, Magic Johnson, Kareem, all, just all of those guys. Okay, so. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman's one of the greatest rebounders yes. ever in the history of the game. Yes. We have to give him his props. I don't care about the eccentric personality. Yeah. Look at what he did on the yeah, court. Yeah, he did. And he knew what his job was. He mm-hmm. knew what his role was. He wasn't coming out there to score, but he was going to get in your head. Mm-hmm. So and play great defense. That's who Kelso reminds me of. <laughs> okay. Now, lifelong athlete. Mm-hmm. How'd you step into coaching? Um, through rec ball. My husband uh, had put together a basketball team called the Elite Hoopers. We were definitely started from the bottom. Now we're here. Okay. We started off with six players. Nobody in the league respected us. They knew if they played us, they was going to win the game easily. But we worked hard. Uh, worked hard without having practice. Came in with passion. My tallest player might have been 5'8 when we first started. Wow. But then we got some other guys in with some height, and we came, became consistent and got three championships. And so one of the players that we played against, Jeremiah Crutcher, shout out to the head coach of White's Creek High School basketball team, um, I knew that he coached ABA, and I was like, send me your schedule because I want to come and support. So one day he texted me the schedule, and that's all I read. And then he called me and said, Coach, did you see my text? I said, yeah, I got the schedule. He said, no, I would like for you to be my assistant coach. Mm -hmm. I was like, really? So we met up and talked about it. Uh, At the time, it was the Music City Jazz. So um, at the time, also, we were being hit by the pandemic. And so there were no schools that we could play at. Uh, He actually got the job at White's Creek, so he transitioned down. But the guys wanted to continue to play. So we played our home games in Columbus, Georgia. Wow. Which is where the owner of the Music City Jazz lived at the time. And um, we went 9-0. That was my first experience of coaching ABA and PBA. And we went 9-0. Uh, we lost in the first round of the playoffs, but I was really, really proud because some days we played with six guys. That's hard to do. You have one very person hard. to substitute. Yeah, Ooh. very hard. So what do you enjoy most about coaching? I I, I love all of it. I love all. I, I don't like uh, nitpickish moments of not wanting to work hard, but... Overall, I I don't think that there's one component that makes it great. I think it's all of it. It's practice. I've always been raised to hear what you do in practice is what you're going to do on the court or on the field or whatever it is. But I like all of the elements. I like the guys figuring out their chemistry with one another. And and, and I only want to coach guys. um, Shout out to Renee Bob, who is the owner of the Music City Icons, which is the semi-pro women's team here. Um, I did life coaching with them because I'm a certified life coach. But as far as physically coaching, I just really enjoy the passion, the heat that rises with men's basketball. I mean, since 2009, when Nancy Lieberman became the head coach for the NBA's D League, mm-hmm. we've seen more and more women coaching men's levels, at men's squads at all different levels. Talk to me a little bit about this passion of coaching talent in the game of basketball, but you're focusing on men. I, I kind of want to understand, what kind of coach are you? Are you 
kind of like uh, Phil Jackson from this famous Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan had that run. He's a very he's a eccentric type of coach. Mm-hmm. Transcendental meditation he had the players doing. Or are you kind of more of a Bobby Knight? Get in and drill in on the players. How do Probably you approach Bobby it? Knight. Okay. Probably Bobby Knight. Um, because I think that is for me personally what separates men's basketball from women's basketball. Not taking anything from any female athlete because you know they they work hard too. But sometimes it's just clean cut. Let's get it done with guys. Um, let's work. Let's let's figure it out. And all the other stuff that goes on is not so much as involved as it is with women's athletics. Do you stay up on the women's game, college and pro basketball? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, they're doing some amazing things these days. It's evolving. Um, I do believe women's athletics, they don't get the same support and attention that men do. But we're delayed also. Mm. The WNBA, it hadn't been in effect that long. Um, So um, I believe that they have to work hard on that. And one day they will be equal with men's basketball. But I just like all around. Mm -hmm. I just like all around sports. I understand. I understand. Look, Caitlin Clark, a guard for Iowa, is one of the best basketball players I've ever seen in life. Yes. She is amazing. The the WNBA needs the money. They need the support. Now, Nashville Aces co-owners and players, Duncan McClure and Allen Rogers Jr. are still with us. How is it having Denise as a coach? What do you both appreciate most most about her coaching style? (laughs) Uh, I'll let... Duncan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no so, huh? yeah, so so Coach D in LA, they're uh they're they're family. So, you know, it, it's uh it goes a little deeper for them. It goes deeper um, for me. For so sure. I, I've always loved uh Coach D, that's that's what I call her, or Auntie. Uh, but I've always loved her her passion, the fire that she brings. So, you know, sometimes whenever practice is falling a little flat. Um, she she'll she'll get up in your face and remind you that you know this is a game of passion and if you're not bringing it then you don't deserve to be out on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I can I can think of you know probably more times I can count on one hand of of moments whenever she's had to huddle us up and and you know get to Bobby Knighting us and uh, you know a little short of throwing chairs across the gym but everything but yeah um, you know making yeah. sure that we're meeting the game with the intensity that it deserves and and the respect that. It, that it needs. When your coach has that sort of passion, what type of fire does that ignite within you to go out there and execute? Man, it's it's a it's a confidence level. So you you actually believe that someone believes in your ability even when you don't believe in yourself. And I feel like that's the biggest thing about having a coach is when you start to doubt yourself, they reassure you that that you you have everything that you need right here. Mm-hmm. Even when the situation is going bad, and that's one thing I do love about her. No matter the situation, she's going to remain the same, and she's going to continue to put out great energy into our team. She is she is very cutthroat. Okay, <laughs> yes, which is what say. she needs to be. Yes. That's what we need with, her for. With us, for sure. And like like I said, that's probably the reason why she doesn't want to coach women because like she's so blunt with us. It's ridiculous. And um, I love her for that. Like I said, we are family also. So it's my auntie. So it's just like it's even it's even harder for me 
getting chewed out by your coach and your auntie at the exact same time. I so, mean, I yeah. imagine Thanksgiving must have been hard. Like, this is a real good meal. <laughs> yeah, we, but... just, we just looking at each other like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, it's been nights. Nice. Coach D's home. like, hello, you going to go back for Alan, a third plate? <laughs> yeah, Allen passed, passed the stuffing and you missed that rebound. Yeah, <laughs> man. So, it's just like, you know, every time we talk about it, I don't even want to bear and go basketball. I just want to, I just want to eat. <laughs> eat and get out of there. Okay, I have this question for all three of you. You know, back in the day, I was known as a pretty good shooter. I was like Steph Curry, like in 91 on the Sandlot. Okay. How could I or anyone else try out for the Nashville Aces? So um, we, we've, got, uh, we've got our tryouts to start out before the season, um, right around July, August, because our season starts, uh, the preseason usually starts about mid-October. Um, and then the first game usually is is end of October, beginning of November. So we try to have our team um, established. Uh, we, we've had a 15-man roster, which is a lot of people whenever mm-hmm. everybody shows up. But that's one of the difficult things apart about um, being in the ABA is, you know, these are grown men. They have families. They have jobs. They have responsibilities. Uh, you can't commit to having every single weekend to be able to play, you know, multiple-hour games, be able to travel sometimes up to six, seven hours. Um, it's a big commitment. And yeah. uh, so, you know, even with the 15 guys that we've had on the roster, you know, we got four or five guys that, you know, have family issues, that have things that come up that they can't travel because of their job. Um, so, you know, we we want the talent. We've got a really deep bench. Sometimes, you know, I feel bad for our coaches because they have six, seven, eight guys sitting on the bench that are fully capable of going out there and performing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know... You can only play five, that's and that's right. how the game works. Do you have any? Are, are all the players local? No, no. We, we actually have a guy traveling from Detroit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Jalen Kelso. Who, uh, he takes dog. He dog. is sick, man. Yeah. This dude is going to rip you, and he's going to be smiling at you the whole time that yeah. he does it. Okay. He's amazing. He's our best defender for sure. Yeah. He guards every guard full court. The entire game. We've also got some guys from Clarksville mm-hmm. uh, that travel an hour to practices. Yeah, um, we got some guys. I mean, it's local, but you know, from Murfreesboro. So you know, that's a forty-five minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you know, and I, I want to say real quick. Um, I heard y'all talking about Coach Sal having an amazing head coach is an amazing feeling for an assistant coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. explain. It's important when I he excites me. He helps me to continue to learn. He helps me to look at something differently. And so, you know, sometimes they say head coaches and assistant coaches don't vibe really well. Mm -hmm. But I'm grateful to L.A. for even bringing him to the platform because he's amazing. So shout out to Coach Kyle. I mean, shout out to Coach Sal from your assistant coach. So you're a coach. Players are coming to try out. What are you looking for in a player? Uh, First first thing is your attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think your conversation before you even hit the court is very important. Um, this is not a selfish game. It can't be. And that's kind of what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. You know, we have guys that can score the ball. Um, we're we're really looking for the guys who are going to be teammates while they're sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, the the guys who are willing to to understand that you have to earn your playing time. Um, that you have to, you have to not only outperform, you know, the people above you, but you know, you have to outwork them as well. Um, there's a lot of people who are talented scorers, but where are the the talented defenders, mm-hmm. the the guys who are willing to 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 rebound the ball, box out on every possession, who are willing to go the the extra effort on every single play? 
Um, and those are the guys that we really are, are going to be looking to add all the time. And I want to say something about these two guys because they hold difficult positions as owners. Um, they made it happen. I didn't make it happen. They made it happen. Um, they both had a desire of what a team would look like here in the community. And the first thing was whatever we do, we have to be in our community. Mm -hmm. uh, we helped assist with a turkey giveaway for Thanksgiving. We helped assist with a toy store. And those are things, those are the characteristics that you want in a community team. And um, sometimes they carry the brunt of the responsibility on their backs. But when they're on the court, they're not the owners. It's it's not do this because we own the team. No, it's like if anything business comes up, it has to wait till after we come out the court. So as your coach, Auntie Coach D, I appreciate you all allowing me to be a part of it because I you didn't have to. Because when LA first called me, you know, it was like I, I don't I don't know now. But uh, I told him that I had to wait for God to tell me something. So when I saw him and Duncan, it was like, has God talked to you yet? <laughs> so I, I appreciate them believing in me. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm Nashville, come out and and see these guys support us. All right. So I want to ask this last question. I only have like maybe a minute and a half left. So we have brief answers. I know it's a tough question to ask, but you know, you're player owners. You've given everything you have to this. Mm-hmm. What's the plan for the Aces moving forward? Man, so um, me and Duncan have sat down and really talked about this vision like a lot. So um, our biggest goal is to get guys that have the opportunity to go somewhere else to actually get paid to provide for their family to actually go. And Mm -hmm. like we just want to provide the opportunity for guys to get jobs or college also Mm -hmm. because it's guys that come out of high school that didn't have the greatest high school career that can build their film up to go get college scholarships before we've done it before. Uh, we've had a couple of guys get, get a great opportunities to go overseas also. And I think one of the biggest things that's holding guys back is not their playing ability, but it's their ability to play within structure, um, mm-hmm. being able to, to manage expectations, to be able to uh, manage the, the responsibilities of being a professional basketball player. Um, meeting the expectations that the coach set, sets of you. Yeah. Uh, and we're doing our best to make sure that the Aces is that structure, that organization that guys can get used to playing under so that whenever they go and are able to play at the next level, they don't get sent back because they're overwhelmed by the mm-hmm. by the expectation of, of you know, Our biggest their coaches, word, their accountability. Accountability wow. is it. And y'all are answering the call. I want to thank my guests from the undefeated Nashville Aces. And we're looking for sponsors that come to yeah. Facebook, the Nashville Aces on Facebook. Help them out. Help them out, y'all. They're undefeated. Player owners, Alan Rogers Jr. and Duncan McClure and assistant coach Denise Knowles. Thank you all for Thank being you. with us. Thank Good luck us. to you for the remainder of the season. Hey, okay? Thank you for having us tonight. All right. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll meet the number one high school player in the class of Tennessee, for in, uh, the class of 2025 for the state of Tennessee. Pardon me. We're going to talk to him about what recruitment is like and what he does to be the best. You can join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil Ekelona, and this 
is Nashville. We are talking about basketball today. Now, before the break, we met with members of the Nashville Aces, our city's semi-pro team with the American Basketball Association. Now, we're going to talk about the future in high school basketball. Cade Bennerman is the number one high school basketball player in the class of 2025 for the state of Tennessee. You heard me right. He is the number one player. Get this. At 16 years old, the forward for Father Ryan stands at 6 feet 11 inches, weighs 195 pounds, and he's not done growing, y'all. And much like the modern game, Cade is a big man with smooth skills. I'd like to welcome Cade Bennerman to This Is Nashville. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you for having me. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, the question for you, have you been asked to do a lot of media? Um, recently, yes. Uh, I've been uh, after post-game interviews, um, just like for like Twitter and all that. Is it some? Was it like getting used to that? Uh, it's, it's definitely a new experience because this is the first year I've started doing it. So it's uh, pretty fun. Um, get to answer a lot of cool questions. Nice. Nice. Okay, you sent us this clip from your game last weekend and said you're letting that dog loose. Set us up for what we're about to hear. So um, the other team, they missed a shot. I got the defensive rebound, and I just took off. I started dribbling, and I saw open lane, and I took, like, three dribbles from half court, and I just dunked on somebody. Three dribbles from half court and dunked on somebody. Wow, I got to hear this. That's awesome. Okay, it sounds like somebody said, let's go, Cade. Who took the video? Um, my dad took the video, uh, and my mom was also recording. Um, so, my, yeah, my dad was the one that recorded the dunk, and you can hear my mom scream uh, in the background. <laughs> how, does, how does it feel to have a following in the crowd? Um, it's pretty nice uh, to know I have a bunch of support out there, um, knowing that um, a lot of people are cheering me on. So it's definitely motivating. You're the number one player in the state for the class of 2025. Yes, sir. How's that feel? Feels pretty nice. Yeah. Um, it's real humbling. You have to, you know, have a character about it. Um, you have to go into every game, you know, knowing that you are the number one, and you have to hold you hold yourself to those standards. Um, but you also have to know that, you know, you're being watched. So you have to do everything correctly. Um, you have to have a good attitude. Um, Your opponents are going to come at you. Yes, sir. Real hard. Real hard. And you have to learn how to adjust to different rotations because they're going to throw a bunch of things at you. Um, but it's a great experience to get ready for college. Describe your game for our listeners. Um, for Father Ryan, I play more of a post player because I'm so much taller than everybody else. So it's easier to just lay the ball up um, or like just get easy blocks, get easy rebounds. Um, but in AAU, I play more of a forward position where I can shoot, I can handle, I can attack the basket. Um, from multiple different levels. What skills are you looking to improve? Um, definitely my ball handling. Uh, I got to work on going left more. I usually tend to go right a lot. Um, that's just the main thing, I think. What about free throws? What's your percentage? I think it's a pretty good percent so far. Um, I could definitely make more. Okay. But I think it's pretty good. I mean, those are free points. Yeah. Those are free points. Now, my next guest knows something about high school basketball. He's seen a lot of talented players over the years. I'd like to welcome Coach Carlton Battle to the show. Coach Battle, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, how long have you been coaching? Ooh, um, a long time, uh, over 20 years. I'm He's, not sure exactly, but yeah, over 20 years. You've seen so much. 
of the players develop and how players are developing. You know, you coach at the AAU level. What can you explain to listeners how AAU is different from high school? Okay, so I have coached at the AAU level. When I became a high school coach, I, uh, that's a, a year-round job, so I left the AAU behind. But um, AAU, you usually have the best of the best. Uh, so you see kids that uh, – you have kids who wouldn't normally get to play together, and you're playing against the best of the best, and you don't have time to adjust. You have a game in a couple of hours, uh, not a really lot of time to scout. Uh, however, in high school, uh, it's more about the coaches. Uh, you have to scout those games. Um, you don't have exactly what you would have in the summertime. Uh, so, um, you know, you have to work with what you have, and you have to make everyone on that bench pretty much a star uh, if you want to be successful. Uh, however, you do have a longer time to prepare. So uh, both of them are challenging, however, and I have had the benefit of being able to do both, which I feel like, you know, it could give you an advantage. It helps you out as a coach. Uh, yes. Now, you know, I remember growing up looking at the paper, being able to see top high school basketball players. It's not that that's not the case anymore. It's hard. There's all these specialized websites that you have to have memberships to and pay money just to see who are the best players coming out of your area are in. How is the reduction of print media impacting just simple knowledge about high school athletes such as Cade? Well, I'll tell you, I used to look forward to uh, Wednesday mornings and Saturday mornings opening up and it's the back of the sports section and um, just seeing all the box scores of people that you grew up playing against, people that you knew, family members. And um, I miss that. And that's how a lot of people found out about players, just reading that back page. And I know now that, you know, it's all about the clicks. And it's kind of hard to click on individual games and things like that. But if you, if you did have it in print, I mean, it, it was an event. It was something that you mm -hmm. look forward to, and you could spend an hour uh, going back and forth on the box score. So I, I definitely think that the kids today miss out on that. Um, but um, at the same time, with social media the way that it is, we're not missing a lot. But I would mm -hmm. say that the older generation, uh, people my age and older, we sure do miss that back page of the sports. Now, players and families, they rely a lot on coaches when it comes time for the recruitment process. How do you work with families to make sure that they have all the information they need so they can make the right decision for their child? The times have changed so much that um, the families basically are teaching me. Hmm. Um, yes, uh, they've reaching, they're reaching out on their own. Uh, they have direct contact with these college coaches, uh, direct contact with the scouting services. I mean, direct contact to, you know, uh, TV stations. So it, it's more as a high school coach now, you're having to keep up uh, with, with all the different contacts and everything. So, um, you know, the parents and, and, and definitely your players, uh, they're, they're, they're on top of it. All right. Now we have Cade's mother here with us today, Monique Bennerman Duncan. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Hi. Your son is in high demand at 16 years old. He is. He is being recruited by colleges. Yes, he is. How are you going about managing his recruitment process? Faith, prayer, talking to Cade to make sure that he's making an informed decision, um, encouraging him. I'm his biggest fan. I, I'm also his harshest critic. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but his father and I are very proud of him and happy with all of his accomplishments. So when the schools call, they talk to him. They don't talk to us. And after the call, we sit down as a family and we discuss what he said, what he wants to do, um, his wishes. And then we just encourage him to, you know, be respectful, be professional and just tell them what he wants to accomplish as a college player. Mm. Now, in recent years, NIL has come into play in college, name, image, and likeness, where play- players can get paid because of their, their prowess and their aptitude on the court. How are you all considering that in this process? Oh, that's a lot of family discussion, trying to make the best decisions, trying to make sure that um, whatever product he endorses is right for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that he is not just getting caught up in a media cog and just hoping and praying that we're making the right decision. Mm-hmm. Now, Kate, you just don't wake up being the best player in the state. Now, you do wake up being 6'11", if you are. But how much practice time do you put in? A lot, a lot of hours. Um, well, how pra- early are you getting up? Oh, we usually get up at 6 a.m. 5.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to get to the gym early. Um, the gates are open. Uh, get a couple shots up before uh, school starts. Um, after practice, I usually stay 30 minutes to work on small things like free throws or just like some ball handling drills. So you're working from 5.30 in the morning to, what, 8, 9 at night every day? Yeah, like 7.38. Wow. You're working harder than most people in this building right now. That's the dedication that you need in order to be the best. Now, you know, Monique, what's your advice to parents? I got like a minute left. What's your advice to parents who have a child who, you know, Cade is 16 years old. He's on his way to college to play ball. What if somebody's got like a nine-year-old who shows an aptitude and says, I want to do this? What's your advice on parents so they don't helicopter them and pressure them into kind of achieving a goal that that parent may have? What's your advice to parents who allow their child to achieve their dreams on their own terms. Make sure that you're doing what the child wants, that it's their dream, not yours. Finding a coach who encourages and brings out that strength in your child. Uh, Education is key. Um, Basketball is a method to go out in the world and get what you want. And just be encouraging, be loving, be supportive. Mm -hmm. Coach, your advice to parents? Um, Yes, exactly. Um, Find someone that you can trust and that you believe in. Uh, definitely someone that believes in your child and someone who just agrees that uh, together, uh, you know, it takes a village and you're going to do whatever you have to do to make it happen. Kate, how many schools are recruiting you right now? Um, we have a bunch of uh, Power 5 and mid-majors so far. Um, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. There's a bunch. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more question for Two more questions for you. I got to ask this of the young generation. Who's the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan or LeBron? Michael Jordan. Okay, you're in, in my book. And, hey, when you make it to the pros, will you remember a humble host who did your first radio interview? Of course I will. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is Cade Bennerman. He is the number one high school basketball player in the class of 2025 for the state of Tennessee. He was joined by his mom, Monique Bennerman-Duncan, and Coach Carlton Battle. I really thank you all for being with us us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And Thank thanks you for having us. And thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced and directed by our senior producer, Tasha A.F. Lemley, who's only like five feet tall, and this song has been stuck in her head since 1995, so we're all going to enjoy Ski Low. I wish I was a little bit taller. Our technical director's board operator, Liv Lombardi. The masterminds behind our theme music are Laurent and Amir Blade. Special thanks to Coach Jeremiah Crutcher, Cortez Graham Howe, 
Howard and Sterling Wright. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.